Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. Uh, we began last week a new sermon series called The Way. Um, I have a t-shirt on. You've seen that around. There are some outside. The Way Eli started last week with the Garden of Eden. And I'm going to park today in Babel as we look at The Way. This series is designed to be a spiritual road trip throughout the Old Testament as we learn God's way. Now, Proverbs 14 and 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man or woman, but the end result ends in death or destruction. And so we want to take a look at Babel and what it has to teach us. What we will learn in this series of The Way is that life is not a straight line. It is not linear. Life often takes us on a circuitous route. Big word that means that there are ups and downs and highs and lows and ebbs and flows that life takes us along this journey. And sometimes we make the wrong choices to end up in the right place by God's grace. Let me repeat that. Sometimes we make the wrong choices but end up at the right place by God's grace. And so we're going to take a look at this uh, stop here in Babel. Here is the sermon in a sentence, the sermon in a sentence, and that is, our Father God has made us to be a proud people. He's made us to be a proud people, but the evil side of pride is when we place him on the back burner of our minds. The evil side of pride is when we place him on the back burner of our minds. And when God is in the background as opposed to being in the foreground, then we're going to stray from the way. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Babel and what we can learn. It's not as familiar as Eden, but there are several lessons that we can learn. Now, the Tower of Babel uh, was in a city. It was in the city of Babel. We believe that the father of Babel was a gentleman by the name of Nimrod. We meet him in Genesis chapter 10. Nimrod, like many fathers, did some positive things, but he also did some negative things. And unfortunately, he led his family away from God. And so we're going to take a look at that passage that being said, I'm going to read Genesis 11, nine verses in the voice. This is a paraphrase. You have a translation that's there in your bulletin for you to read at home if you've not read it already. So this is the paraphrase of Babel. <clears throat> there was a time when everyone on the earth spoke the very same what? Language. And many of these people began moving from the eastern regions into the western part of Mesopotamia. They settled down on a plain in the land of Shinar. Since stone was not readily available, they discovered how to make bricks and use tar for mortar to build their structures. People 
who said to each other, come on, let's make bricks out of mud and bake them in the fire. Then we can build all we want. Let's go build ourselves a city with a huge tower that reaches into heaven. That way, we will make a name for ourselves. If we don't, we'll run the risk of being scattered all over the earth. Now, the eternal one, that's God the Father, came down and took a look at the city and the tower that the children of Adam was building or were building. He was not what? Please. So the eternal one said, will you look at that? The people are all together on this with one language. They are able to start this kind of project. This is only beginning of what they will do. Soon they will think they can accomplish anything and everything on their own. So let's go down and what? Break this up. If we confuse that language, they won't be able to understand each other's words. So this is how the eternal scattered people from Shinar all across the surface of the earth. Since they were unable to what? Communicate. They stopped working on the city and went <clears throat> their separate ways. So this is why the city was called Babel. The word means confused. Because it was there that the eternal confused the language of all peoples and scattered them across the surface of the earth. So we can learn several things from the Tower of Babel. It teaches us a portion of the Bible's account of how languages, cultures, and ethnicities began. It teaches us a portion of the Bible's account of why we have languages, ethnicities, and so many different cultures. God was up to something. The first thing we learn from Babel is that Babel is a sign of humankind's genius. Babel is a sign of humankind's genius, which was instilled by God. Many people believe erroneously today that those who lived in the ancient world were less intelligent than those who live in modernity. I'm here to tell you emphatically not so. When God breathed into men and women's nostrils in Genesis chapter 2, the breath of life, he also breathed into them a portion of himself and the potential for genius. That's what he did. And we see evidences of this genius even as early as Genesis. In fact, archaeologists have unearthed some of the um, vestiges of buildings that were like Babel. Here's a photo of Babel. I think we have it. Um, this is uh, best uh, scholars' best rendition of what it could have looked like. Uh, but this was not just a tower. It was in a city, and it uh, conveyed a culture. It was just as much a tower in a city with other cultures that we have today. For example, we have a tower, uh, the Empire State Building, in a city called 
uh, what is that city? New York, somebody said, and <clears throat> that's a culture, and it's a tower. We also have a tower in, uh, let's see, the Sears Tower. That's in um, Chicago. Boy, you are world travelers. And then we have a, another tower, uh, Eiffel Tower, and it's in Paris, Texas. Now, France. In Paris, France. Each of these cities have a tower and a culture that goes along with the tower. What was so wrong about Babel having a tower? Have you ever said to yourself, well, this seemed like a good idea at the time, but did that ever happen to you? That's what Babel teaches us. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was not. God the Father breathed genius into the people in ancient times as he does today. Everybody has a portion of genius that's been breathed into them. I want you to hear that. Because God gave us breath, everybody has the potential of genius <clears throat> breathed in them. Genius is not limited to human IQ or academic achievement. Genius is not limited to human IQ or academic achievement. Whenever a person has highly developed a skill, that is a sign of genius. Thank God for farmers who are geniuses or we couldn't eat. Thank God for manufacturers. Thank God for IT professionals or for uh, medical professionals or for construction tradesmen or for any number of people. Thank God for accomplished parents because it takes genius to be able to raise children in the ways and the will and the work of the Lord. So God has given to each one of us a portion of genius. We have to develop it. So my question to you, me, what's your genius? What is it that God has given you that you need to develop and can develop to a high degree of genius? I love this quote by George Washington Carver, the great scientist um, of a century gone by. Uh, he lived to be a ripe old age. But when he was a young man, he said he prayed this prayer, God, would you show me the mysteries <clears throat> of the universe? And he said, it seemed like God said to him, say, George, that's only for me to know. And so he said, well, would you show me the mysteries of the peanut? <clears throat> and God said, now that's very nearly your size. I like that. <laughs> and we have over 300 discoveries of how to use the peanut, uh, many of them from George Washington Carver. Genius. It's not limited to academics. It's limited to any area that you are highly competent in. God made you like that. Babel proves it's a sign of humankind's genius. Babel proves something else. Babel also proves the power of unity for good and for evil. Babel is a sign of unity, the power of unity. But unity can be used for good, and unity can also be used for evil. Let me give you an example here of how unity can be used to destroy. Watch this. 
Isn't that sobering? To see how unity can be used for destruction. And that's what was happening in Babel. They were using their unity for an evil purpose. But when we look at the church, God has designed the church, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be an antidote for the power of unity for good. Here's a theological tidbit. In Genesis 11, God confused the languages. In Acts 2, he consolidated the languages. The birthday of the church saw that all uh, people that came from different cultures all over the world and God heard, had them to hear about him and his wonders in a language that they understood because from the first day of the church, God wanted his people to know, I want you to be a force of unity for good. If we could ever get Jesus' followers on the same page, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about those of us who name the name of Christ. If we could ever get on the same page, we could change our community. <clears throat> That's why I tell you over and over Again, I will tell you to a die that it does not matter if you are black or white or yellow or brown or rich or poor or up or down, suburbanite or urbanite, blue collar, white collar, Republican or Democrat, liberal, conservative, hawk or dove, if, if Jesus Christ is the sum and substance, if he is the center and circumference and the basis and boundary of all that we ever hope to be, then we can have unity and change our community. We don't have to wait for the government. Babel proves the power of unity for good. They were using it for evil. Here's the third one. Babel reveals the corruption of sinful pride, which the flood did not drown. It proves the corruption of sinful pride, which the flood did not drown. Eight times in this particular passage, they talked about us, ourselves. Let's build us a name. And that is the human pride. The flood did not drown that out. You remember that the world started over again after the flood. That's why Proverbs 16 and 18 warns us about pride. Proverbs 16 and 18 teaches us that pride goes before destruction and a haughty or arrogant spirit before fall. In Genesis chapter 9, these were the instructions to Noah and his family after the flood. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and what? Fill the earth means to scatter. What did they do in Babylon? They remained in one place. 
And God knew as you erect this tower with the genius that I have put in you, that that tower would become a point of idolatry. And if it's idolatry, then you will believe you can do anything and everything without me. The flood did not drown human pride and corruption. And even today, it is a problem in our souls. We need the gospel of Jesus Christ to drown pride. Because guess what? Sinful pride was not left there in the ancient world. We still have a problem with pride today. If you don't say amen, I'm going to think you got a problem. And so what did God say? God says, in order for us to help man fill the earth and scatter, we've got to do something. And let me go down and confuse the languages, because they all spoke one language. I think I have a, uh, someone here to help me. Ernesto, are you here? Come on up, Ernesto. Is Cooper here? No, Cooper, are you here? Yes? Come on down, Cooper. All right, get a, get a mic from Kate. Good. All right. Now, right over there. They are going to read the Pledge of Allegiance in another language that they are learning. It's either native or they are learning it. And um, they're going to read it together at the same time. Now, let me stop for a minute. Ernesto, your native language is Spanish? Yes, sir. Uh, look to the mic. Yes, sir. All right. How old are you? Uh, I'm 12, sir. 12. You're in school? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Um, and um, Cooper? I'm 14. You're 14. You go to school, too? Yes, sir. Good. And what native language, I mean, what learned language are you reading? Mandarin. Mandarin, like the oranges? No, uh, like Chinese. Oh, like Chinese. That's the only thing I know about Mandarin. Okay, good. All right. So um, they are going to read the Pledge of Allegiance. They're going to do it together. You're going to do it on the count of three. When I count down, I will say one, two, three. And at the count of three, you begin to read the Pledge of Allegiance. All right? One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Three, read. Yo prometo lealtad a la bandera de los Estados Unidos República que representa una nación bajo Dios entera con libertad y justicia para todos. Was that the pledge of allegiance? Yes, sir. Yes. If you say so. <laughs> Did y'all understand each other? No, sir. No. no. <laughs> Did y'all understand them? Not most of us, that's right. Thank y'all for confusing us today. <laughs> God said, I want you to scatter. They said, we're gonna stay in one place. They wanted to live by their own plan. And God had another plan. Here's, here's um, what I close with before I ask our praise team to come out and sing a final song. Sometimes God intervenes to prevent fallen humanity from destroying itself. Sometimes God has to intervene to prevent us from destroying ourselves. You remember what I said? Has there ever been a time in your life when you said, this seemed like a good idea at the time, 
But, and God has often intervened in my life when I had one plan, and to save me from myself, he intervened. Now, I love verse 5 that says, and God not only looked down to see what they were doing, he said, let's go down to see what they were doing. Now, God is omnipresent. He didn't need to leave heaven to do it. But what is he trying to teach us? He's trying to teach us, you and me, that I have a personal interest in your life. And so he came down to personally inspect and redirect them in the way that he would want them to go. Because sometimes God intervenes to save us from ourselves. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Oppenheisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.